49ers fans. It is 49ers fangirl Tracy here, joined as always with SoCali Steph. Hey, Steph. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm excited to get into this football season. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. After what seems like forever, uh, football is just about back. Uh, we've had preseason football, but the regular season is upon us. And we're very lucky today to have the 49ers Vice President of Communications, Bob Lang, with us. Hello, Bob. How you doing, Tracy, Steph? Good to talk to you, ladies. Good to talk to you, too. Um, 49ers fans, we have a big treat. Bob is going to talk to us a lot about some of the updates to the stadium, some of the great things we've seen um, on Brick by Brick, and some other really awesome community initiatives that the 49ers are doing. Uh, so, Bob, let's actually start with Brick by Brick. Last week's episode was a really special one, and we really got to see a lot of wide receiver Marquise Goodwin and see what a great person he is off the field. So can you talk to us a little bit about the show and the genesis of it um, and all that? Absolutely. So I think, uh, you know, uh, NFL teams are really trying to figure out ways to bring uh, their, their their not only their team but the personalities, uh, the human side of what we do here, uh, kind of reminding our fans that, that our players and coaches and front office are people too. And, you know, I think reality television has become the, uh, the standard of entertainment now. Uh, you know, you look back at sports, sports is the ultimate reality television, but now people want to take it to another level and find out who are these people under the helmets, um, you know, making the plays on Sunday. Uh, and this was just another way for us, I think, to engage our fans and bring our fans closer to, to what goes on around here. I mean, um, you know, Tracy, you've been around. You get to see these guys in person. Steph, you've been around on occasion. So you guys get to meet some of these folks and see them as human beings. And um, I think this is just another way for us to allow people to come in and connect. Um, I got to admit that, you know, this is kind of our our uh, new brand of doing things with uh, with John and Kyle and, and um, you know, sharing things that we haven't shared before. And, um, you know, showing our confidence in the way that we go about things and uh, showing that, that uh, yeah, we understand this is a game it is our business um but, but it is it is entertainment so more more things that we can provide for our fans um you know is uh, is is at the uh forefront of what we're doing around here I, obviously um you know that comes from from jed york he's he's on the uh the nfl's digital uh digital content committee so uh, he's he's looking he's obviously asked us to look for new ways to engage our fans and al guido and and rob alberino really came up with the idea for brick by brick and I, I got to give John John Lynch credit for uh, producing the, the title of the of the show. It's it's uh, pretty cool that your general manager, uh, not knowing it, uh, gave birth to the uh, to the name of this behind the scenes training camp show that we're doing. And it's it's a great show, Steph. I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to watch, but it is really a great look, kind of inside the organization, getting to know the players better, and just seeing all the great things they do on and off the field. Oh. Uh um, it's really neat to see him because you, I think as a fan, and I think I'm foremost a fan out of anything, and I think it's just neat seeing these guys and the human perspective because they're really doing a lot of things that we can relate to as fans, and I think it's important. So it's, I don't know, it's created a little bit of a nostalgia for me as a fan. I think back of the old days, and I think that's um, a correlation that I'm seeing with the new steps that the 49ers are doing it's like then and now I really like appreciated that 
And along those yeah. lines, oh, sorry, go ahead, Bob. No, I was just going to chime in and say that, that honestly, I'm glad you brought that up because if you, if you ladies haven't noticed, our, uh, our motto or our campaign for this year is faithful then, faithful now. And I think you guys also have seen that, that John and Kyle have made a real big effort to embrace our past not necessarily live on the labors of those teams and those those players and those executives and coaches, but to really you know use that as an example uh, for the for a lot of young guys. I mean, you guys know that our roster has turned over a great deal, and you know there's you know somewhere in the mid fifties uh, number of players that are new to this roster right now, and people that a lot of guys you know the the Reuben Fosters. Well, Reuben's an exception because he grew up a, a 49ers fan. But there's a lot of young guys that don't know the history of this team because they lived in different parts of the country and don't have the appreciation for it that we may have. And so, you know, bringing back those folks, bringing back, like like Steph said, the nostalgia, um, you know, it's a great example uh, to show these guys and show them what's attainable if they work hard and, and if they if they follow what the coaches are saying. And, um, you know, I think it is, I think that's a huge thing. And I'm glad you, you picked up on that, Steph. It's, it's important for me because I, I, I felt I loved it. I loved everything about it, and I thought it was important that it was the first, like, live appearance in front of the whole Levi Stadium crowd, and I think that, you know, like you said, there's nearly 50 players on a 90-man roster that weren't on the team even last season, but they don't know what we've been through. <laughs> like, and, and some of it, like, growing up to me, I felt like I – had the most spoiled childhood ever because I got to witness all of those Super Bowl championships. So it's good because I think it really brings back the fans, and I think that's what you're trying to do, and it's certainly connected with me as a fan. Great. And I think fans, <laughs> fans will be really excited when in the stadium um, for those who haven't been yet. Bob, you want to talk a little bit about the banners that are up and the Ring of Honor, and there's a lot of nostalgia in the stadium that wasn't there before that really, it's added a lot of character and, and some sentimental value to the stadium as well, which I think people are really going to appreciate. I, I, uh, you hit it on the head there. I think uh, when you look at what we've done with the stadium aesthetically, um, we've always had our uh, our 49ers Hall of Fame and our um, um, uh, Denise DeBartolo York Education Center in the stadium, but it's not it's not a space that's highly visible on game day, and not a lot of folks can get through there on game day before the game starts. Um, and we, we thought we had honestly done a great deal. I mean, if you've been through that museum, it is unbelievable. I haven't been to a sports museum in all my travels around the country that, that parallels it. Um, but, it's, but it wasn't represented in the bowl, in the concourse. And, you know, I give Al Guido a lot of credit. He's really, our team president, has really pushed to, to go out and solicit our fans for information and feedback. Even though, you know, we may not like what we hear, we still need to go out and do that. So I think the number was 130,000 engagements with individual fans, um, 140,000 phone calls, 100,000 emails, 4,000 chat conversations. I mean, we really tried to get out and find out what fans uh, are looking for at Levi Stadium. And it was overwhelming that they wanted more of a 49ers feel. Um, so two seasons ago, or actually prior to last season, uh, we we added the home of the faithful banner on the Sweet Tower on the on the west side of the stadium. Um, but then this year, we, we we wanted to take it to a whole new level, a more extreme, so that when you walk into that building, you are hit over the head that this is the home of the 
49ers. And, you know, we've added, you know, obviously our 49ers Hall of Fame members. Their numbers are on the facade of the, of the Sweet Tower now. You have the all of our conference and divisional championships are recognized on the Sweet Tower. When you walk around the concourse, you see a number of banners hanging from the ceiling that honor, you know, we've got eight current players up there. We've got eight alumni players. We have five banners for each of our Super Bowl uh, championships. We've got another five banners with some of the greatest moments in 49ers history. Um, you know, it's just, it, 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 it really feels like that now. So uh, I think um, I think it's a great, great uh, uh, tribute um, in a more open, more visible way uh, to the history of our team, and hopefully our fans are enjoying it. I think they will. It looks really good. And on top of that, there are all kinds of fun new food options. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, I honestly, I hate to say it and, and, and people around here tease me about that, but, but about this, but I, I Oren's hummus, I guess is a, is a go-to around here for people in the Bay Area. We've got Oren's hummus now in the, in the stadium. We've got, you know, uh, more food truck options in our tailgate area, uh, from off the grid food trucks. You know, Starbird chicken is, is a new, um, option for, in concessions. Red Rooster tacos. Uh, I mean, we've got a bunch of stuff. We've got, you know, new, new yogurt options for the healthy folks who want a, a nice treat during the game from Frobot frozen yogurt. You know, I mean, I, I feel like an info right now because there are so many new things and I think it's it's obviously uh, you know again going back to the core of all these changes is us going out soliciting the information from our fans even though we might not always like what we hear um, if we don't do that we're not going to know what people want and that's our commitment is to make sure that our fans not only enjoy a pr the product on the field but their experience you know in the building as well. And I was lucky enough to have a taste test of all the new options. And that the Starbird chicken was unbelievable. And that Frobot is not only delicious, but maybe one of the most fun things you'll do in a day. So. <laughs>
capable of that. Not to say that he's not a good guy. Just you know, sometimes it's tough for folks to deal with kids that are in a situation like that. And Marquise was unbelievable. He, uh, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but Marquise Austin was in a wheelchair when he spoke with him, and, and Mar- Marquise's sister has spent her entire life in a wheelchair. And the thoughts he shared, and you know, the the spe- special moment. I mean, to me, that validated why we've spent so many hours filming a million different things and editing and putting things together for brick by brick right there to share that human moment was unbelievable um fans need to go see it if they haven't already um but the, here's the other thing too this was that was totally un, unplanned and then the, the other part of the day and i want to let people know that it wasn't just you know mugging for the cameras or making making marquise look like a good guy he then when the when the cameras weren't on he went and played madden with austin for uh, over an hour um austin kicked his butt and uh told him told marquise he needed up his game <laughs> and uh and marquise didn't take that to, he didn't take that to heart he said, okay. He's like, well, now I owe you some lunch. So they went and they sat in the, in the cafeteria for another hour and had lunch together. And, and I think they uh, they made a friendship for life. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I, that I shared that with Marquise because uh, if he if he's going to play in the same caliber of how he's been in as a, as a person and in our community already, then we're in for a real treat. Oh, yeah. I, I completely, like, bawled when I saw that. And I don't think that you can manufacture that. Like, it's, I totally get where you're coming from, where you say, well, we're, we're not just filming the good stuff, because you just can't manufacture that kind of kindness. I was completely, like, taken aback by it, and I, I was just really impressed all around, and I'm really glad he's on our team as as 49ers and I'm excited to see more of him not just on the field but just in the community I think that's an awesome person and um, what he did was amazing and I actually um I wasn't sure I usually have this is it's going to sound silly but I usually have two bedazzled jerseys a season that I wear in the videos and I have my Carlos Hyde and I wasn't sure who else to bedazzle and I ordered Marquise a good one after that show and uh being bedazzled as we speak. So, for, for me. and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to add one more good thing about about this guy. He's got he's got swag, um, and I sound funny saying it, but he's got <laughs> such cool, fun energy and swag. Um, there have been some funny moments of some interviews he's done this year. I mean, I feel like over the next couple of years, I'm going to accumulate funny one-liners that Marquise has. Um, you know, it, you know, I, I just I. I'm excited to be around the kid. I, you know, he uh, he he's shown on the field. He's shown in the off in, on the off the field. Um, you know, he's a pleasure to be around, and uh, we're lucky. A good job, uh, John and Kyle, uh, going and getting that guy. I'll tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's another addition to the 49ers um, this year that's been getting um, a lot of a lot of attention recently, and that is as of offensive assistant uh, Katie Sowers. And uh, Bob, I'd love for you to talk about that. I know you have two daughters. Steph and I are obviously both female sports fans and, and businesswomen, and um, it's really cool to see a female coach um, on the field every day. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I think it, it's funny because, you know, Katie was with us in the offseason, in the offseason program, and as part of our um, uh, uh, Bill Walsh Fellowship Program, um, you know, and it was uh, the, the Diversity Fellowship Program, I should say, that uh, Bill 
formed with Dr. Edwards years and years and years ago. Um, and I got to know her a little bit, and uh, you know, she's a, she's obviously a very good person. You've, you've spent some time with her, um, and you know, the, the thing that I, I thought that made it. Uh, when Kyle was asked about uh, Katie being hired last night, you know, last week or two weeks ago, uh, one of the things he said was that that if anybody knows me, I'm not going to just hire somebody unless they're a good coach. And that, to me, uh, and I know that from about Kyle. You hear about Kyle's just very upfront, very to the point. He's not going to do things just for the sake of doing things. If you're going to be a coach here, that means you're you're a coach. You're a good coach. You can you can hang. You can you can do the job. Um, and I and I love the fact that. I love the fact that uh, that he, you know, he had gotten to know her in Atlanta. Uh, Mike Lafleur, our um, uh, passing game special, um, yeah, our passing game specialist and wide receivers coach, got to work with her very closely. And coming out of training camp, you know, uh, a couple weeks back, uh, Mike just told Kyle, "Hey, look, I want to keep her around. I think she's helping us. She's fitting into the room. She does a great job. The guys have taken to her." And Kyle said, "Hey, look, if it makes us better, let's do it." Um, and I think, you know, obviously when, when things of this nature happens, there are some people who can be, you know, uh, cynical about, about people's intentions. And I think, uh, you know, you know, I, I think people want to know, you know, if this is, if this is a PR stunt and quite frankly, I can say 1 million percent. No, I mean, it's, it's, and that makes me feel good. I mean, uh, as a father of two girls, uh, who played, uh, flag football for the, uh, for the first time last spring, um, they were, uh, they, every team we played uh you know had all boys except for our team and we went out and they had a blast they loved it um and you know i think it hit me uh, how special it was that that we hired katie when i got a call from my wife after uh the kansas city game um and she said that my girls can't stop talking about coach sours and the fact that they didn't think that they could be a coach someday in football if they wanted to and you know it did it smacked me in the head. I'm like, wow, this is a this is a pretty big deal. You know, this is a really big deal. And and um, you know, my my daughter Charlotte, she's our old soul. She's she's almost ten. Uh, last year, she did a she had to do a biography report for school, and um, it surprised me back then. But it uh, you know she she came to me and da- said, Dad, I want to do a report on Sarah Thomas, the first NFL referee, female NFL referee. And she did it, and it was awesome. I'm so proud of her for being proud of. of you know, anytime your child can connect with what you do in your profession, it's special. But I also love the fact that it's that it shows her that there are no boundaries to what she can accomplish if she wants to do something. So, um, yeah, on all levels, uh, it's great. I just want to remind folks that that like Katie's here because she's a football coach. We don't see her as a female football coach. We don't, you know, we don't consider those things other than what she what she uh, what she does to help us be a, a be a better team. Um, and, and as a father of two daughters, I'm very proud to, to know that this organization is open-minded and willing to hire people based on their merit, not because of, you know, you know what demographic they fill. Absolutely. I've actually written on this like, several years ago because I think it was really interesting about the 49ers, and this is something that I hold dear to my heart as a 49er fan, is that you know Bill Walsh was known as probably one of the best strategists in NFL history. He popularized, you know, popularized the West Coast offense, and he brought five, you know, titles to an organization that had zero before him. And then I think about all that he did with his program, and he knew that jobs within the NFL are largely, you know, based on who you know. 
But Walsh changed that. He was a merit-driven industry that he wanted to make sure that he wasn't going to preclude anybody from that. So I think that the 49ers are definitely one of those franchises that will definitely consider based on the qualifications, not just who you know. Yeah, you know, if I could add to that, I think the, the maybe the word you were going for is the meritocracy. You know, you earn your role based on what you've accomplished and what you've done, not for anything else. And, and I, I think that's one million percent. I think, honestly, if you look at sports, that's one of the areas where, you know, by and large, meritocracy gets you there. I mean, obviously, sometimes there's guys who make a lot of money and they need to be on the field and, and whatnot. But, but for the most part, sports is a, sports is, is a, you know, a place where you can, you can work as hard as you can. And if you become good and you get great, you're going to play and you're going to have your opportunity to excel. I also look at, at, you know, when people talk about the area that we live in, the Bay Area is, is a hub for innovation. Innovation doesn't always have to mean it's, it's tech innovation or it's, you know, business innovation. It can just be social innovation. And I think that's what we've seen from, I think that's what we've seen from Bill. I think that's what we've seen from some of the efforts. I, I, I gotta say the, the York family, what they've done over the years in, in terms of, you know, helping our community. Um, you know, innovation can just be about, you know, opening doors and doing things that haven't been done before. It doesn't necessarily have to be tech innovation. And I think you've seen that here and whether it's a, uh, a, a the, our first female trainer, Laura Schnetkoki, a couple years ago that we hired, or it's, um, you know, Parag Marate is, is, is a minority and he's one of our lead executives here and, you know, has been for a number of years. And, you know, it's, it's, it's how, how you become a great organization is by having no boundaries in, in terms of your hiring, in terms of your thought process. And I think we've shown that as an organization over the years. And hopefully that, that gets us back to uh, kicking butt on the field and providing great service and, and, and amenities for our fans. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, Amen. That makes me feel hopeful. Like I really, I think that's a really good thing that needs to be communicated to fans. And I think, especially in the Bay Area, I think that there's a need to know, you know, what, you know, how you guys feel as an organization. And I, I personally appreciate those words. You know, I, I got to say this. You know, people. A lot of times, you see people who are critical of. You know the organization. I'm just going to be real right now. I sit here and I read everything, whether it's Twitter, whether it's um, you know Facebook, Instagram, whether it's you know the traditional media, whether it's blogs. You know, and I I I, I see people get very upset and very angered when we're not performing well, uh, or the stadium is not. You know, we have traffic a traffic issue at an event. Um, you know, things aren't where the fans want it. The fans need to know, and and I'm going to tell you right now that everybody in this building. We feel the same way. We want to get it to a point where we're competing for championships every single year. And I think one great thing that John and Kyle have done is, is articulated the fact that, hey, look, we're at a certain point where we need to concentrate on getting better every single day. And if we do that, the process will allow us to be one of, become one of those teams. And I think Al Guido is doing the same thing on the business side. Hey, look, we're not, we're not where we want to be right now. We want to be better and better every single day. And, you know, when I talk about players and coaches wanting to show their human side, the human side too is like when we lose a game, everybody in that locker room, and, I, and that's one of the things I love about my job is because I'm 
that close to the team that I can be in that locker room and see how upset these guys truly are before we open up the doors to the media and allow them in for interviews. I mean, it means something to these guys. And I, if, if I could articulate that for our fans so that they're reassured that it means as much, if not more, that these are this is our livelihood. It affects me. I mean, I you know I've been a part in my career. I've been a part of two Super Bowls and lost both of them. And I swear I'm I'm just the PR guy, but it tears my heart out thinking about those things. So I I can't imagine what it's like for our players and coaches who have to go through losses like that. So Steph, you 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 got it. You understand that, Tracy. You understand that. I just want more of our fans to understand that. Hey, you want it bad. We want it bad too. And I, I think that's evident. I mean, I I mean I. Anybody that's played, and I have, I mean, any kind of, you know, competitive sport, and I'm not saying I've played, like, you know, in the NFL or anything, but I'm saying i played competitive collegiate sports. So I think that that is somebody, I think anybody knows that you drive yourself and it hurts you more than it hurts anybody else, believe me, when you fail. But I think at the same time, I think, when you fail, I think it's a good opportunity to learn from it, and I think you can become yep. better from it. And I think what I'm hoping, at least this is what I'm hoping, Bob, is that they're learning from it and they're going to be better, and then the fans will get it too. Like, I'm not expecting, like, you know, a Super Bowl every single year. I've And I've said that even with Tracy, is that we just want competitive and we want to do the best, and we are starting to see all of these things. And I think that's important. And I think that, that it's been communicated very well through the entire, you know, everything that's happened from the whole shift, I feel like. Um, and I have to give credit where credit's due. I think Jed York made really good decisions as far as who he put in charge and what he's doing to make a difference. I agree. And I, and I agree with you. I, I feel I'm very glad to hear you say that. I, I think I've known that, that you felt that way. But it's true. I mean, look, when you when you go through some tough years, sometimes the toughest thing to do is admit your mistake. And I think Jed has done that. He's spoken openly about that. Um, you know, and I think, you know, when you when you have to at the end of a season, you've just hired a head coach. He's been there for one year. But you know that if you really want to set the, the, the team on the right track and you just you, you need to make changes at both positions and the personnel side on the coaching side and you got to start over and then you got to be willing Jed, Jed uses this phrase a lot and it's and I guess it's kind of the essence of of um, of uh, 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 Silicon Valley and all the innovation here you can't be afraid to make a mistake you know you've mm-hmm. got to you got to own up to it when you do and then you've got to be willing to get back to the drawing board and just go after it hard. And I think that's what I think that's what Jed did this year. And, and I, you know, obviously he's my boss, so I'm always going to say nice things in public. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to give him credit. But I truly mean that. I really, I give him. You know, people could say I'm, I'm just the just the PR guy, but but I really do. Being as close as I, I am to it, I know how much he wants to win. I know how much his parents want to win, his whole family, and everybody in this building. I mean, that's that's why we come to work every day. It's not just you know, when you work the hours that you work and you, you you do what you do and you're as close to the people you work with as you are, you, you feel, you do, and I don't want to make it sound cliche, but you feel like it's a family and you want to have each other's backs and you want to go to go to bat for each other and you want to go win. And that's why we're here, you know, and that's the, uh, uh, the, the ultimate, that's why team sports is so unbelievable. I think that's why the general public gravitate to it like they do. You know, people, it's funny, I always say that there's three things that people get 
extremely passionate about um, is, is when you talk politics and you talk religion and you talk sports. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's true. I mean, you just look at it and, you know, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's you, you know, you, you, you live it, you breathe it, um, and it means something to you. And I can tell you that top to bottom here, that's the, that's the case with this place. And I can say as someone who's been there pretty much every day um, this offseason and through training camp, you, I, and who doesn't work for the team, um, I've seen a huge shift as well, and you can tell how much everybody wants to win. And it does seem like a real a real family atmosphere in that way and that everyone does have each other's backs. And you can just – you can see it. And it's so clear that, of course, Jed York wants to win, and everybody wants to win. There's, you know, competitors, and this is – business but they're also people and humans and we've talked you know that about that earlier but I think it's very clear and I think the plan the fans will be pleasantly surprised throughout the season certainly it's going to take some time but they're going to see a real shift on and off the field for the better so I feel very confident in saying that so go Niners go, go Niners <laughs> it's like a Niners it's like a Niners love fest um <laughs> Um, Bob. But you're talking to the PR guy. I mean, we got to spread the love. Yeah, exactly. Know? That's my job. <laughs> but it's good. We 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 like it. It's it's fun. Hey, um, look, hey, look. I got to tell you something, and and I just about me. Not to make this about me, but I do want. Well, you are a guest, so we can. Yeah, well, I mean, it should be about the you. folks that are listening. Um, you know, I want to let them know that I grew up. I grew up in Philadelphia. I'm very proud of that. It is as as hardcore a sports town as you're going to find. And I grew up with that passion that, and so when I talk, when I hear about, when I learned, got out here and learned about the faithful and the passion and speaking to people like the two of you um, and, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of other people I've come in contact, it feels like what I grew up around. And I love that. I love being able to come into the office every day and work for an organization, regardless of whether it's sports or business, whatever it means, whatever it is, I love the fact that, that people care about where I work and what I do and want to talk about it and want to learn about it and want to be a part of it and touch it and feel it. I mean, seriously, I mean, as a PR person, you know, when you've got, when people want to listen to you and want to hear about it, want to learn, I mean, that's, that's whatever PR person in any industry is looking for is for people to pay attention and people to, to like and people to engage. I mean, I feel very lucky that, that I, that I work in a, an environment that does that. And then, you know, my thing is my job is to make people understand what's going on, help people connect with it, help people feel good about it. You know, if something's wrong, try to explain it to the best of our ability. And, you know, sometimes we can't always give the entire story because, you know, there's certain things that either for competitive reasons or, you know, it's just not the right thing to do um, for a myriad of reasons, you know. But that that's what I love about this job is being able to connect with people who care about what we're doing here. And, and, I, and you know, I was a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Philadelphia Phillies. And, uh, and I, loved, I loved it. That's why I got into sports. That's why I wanted to be here. So the better job I can do to provide, you know, people uh, an eye into things, um, that's, what, that's what we want to do here. And it's, it's been fun. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you. And thank you um, for talking to us today. Um, oh, there was one other thing I wanted you to talk about because um, you guys do so much good community work, and you know that is um, a passion of mine. The SF Pell program. I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because um, that's relatively new. Am I correct in that? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so the last week we announced that we're uh, we've provided a hundred and forty thousand dollar grant to the SS Police Athletic League um, to help underwrite their uh, youth football and cheer teams. And so, this is the this is one of the things that struck me when when our folks brought this to my attention. That Cal team's name was the Seahawks. So. We needed to change that, so they've they've been rebranded the 49ers. Um, our folks went up there with the uh, police department, the San Francisco Police Department, last last week and surprised the kids with new uniforms and equipment and their new their new helmets with their new logos, their new team name. Um, I mean that that's just awesome. Like I said, my two daughters were playing flag the last spring, and it was the greatest thing in the world uh, to watch them run around and play football and and get into it and learn it. And you know the the police athletic leagues. Uh, uh, around the country have done done great things. My wife was on the Police Athletic League board in Philadelphia before we moved out here, and she was extremely passionate. And I used to get guys to go to Police Athletic League events back in Philadelphia, and, and we're, we're, we're beefing that up around here too because, uh, as you ladies are aware, our youth football initiative is one of our key initiatives right now, just continuing to grow the game, help kids play it safer, um, you know, and, 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 you know, there's great coaches out there and what we can do to help those coaches provide for their teams, whether it's through equipment, whether it's through camps, whether it's through, um, you know, uh, clinics that we can help make coaches better, help make players better. We're all for it. But, you know, obviously the, the San Francisco Police, Police Athletic League uh, deserve a, a great um, uh, pat on the back for their work and, this was uh, just a small token uh, of our, our gratitude for what they do in helping our youth uh, uh, stay healthy and, and out of trouble. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. This was great. I appreciate it. I, I don't get a chance to do many interviews because you know, I leave that to the guys that are really good at that, like John and Kyle. Um, but I appreciate you ladies inviting me on. Absolutely. And for those of you who missed it, we did have a five fun facts with Bob Lang a couple weeks back. You can find on YouTube. You can find on the site. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> My mom got a kick out of that one, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it, was, it was a good one. <laughs> um, all right, Bob, we'll have a great day. Uh, we'll see you right, soon. Thanks, and thank ladies. you again. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, we want to thank Bob Lang again for joining us. Um, and now it is time for Steph and I to do our third season preview of the 49ers. Steph, this is our third year of the Talking Touchdowns podcast. I feel older. <laughs> A lot older. And, and wiser. Three years. Yeah, and <laughs> I wiser. know. Older. I know. I can't believe it's been three years either. Um, and, and Steph and I actually started before the Tom Sula season and we were very optimistic. I think we, I think we both said like nine and seven or something like that. I don't know. Or then yeah. last year, I think we were like, definitely it's going to be eight and eight. Um, so <laughs> this year, you'll forgive us if we're slightly less um, optimistic. But I do have general optimism about this season. Um, so let's get to it, Steph. What do you think thus far? You know, I mean, obviously, they're rebuilding the team. There's a lot of youth. There's 50-some-odd players that are new on the 90-man roster. Um, I like what I see so far. I definitely have some questions. I don't think we're going to the Super Bowl. But I do. I'm hopeful. Like, I think it's good in the rebuilding process. I think the defensive side of the ball really looks exciting. And um, I'm hoping for... Four to six wins. 
I think that's that's very fair. I actually, I think, I think they're going to win um, five to six games. I think, I think it'll be five. But I think what will be different about this year, and hopefully I won't eat my words, but what I do really think will be different is they will be in games. You know, last year it was like by the beginning of the third quarter, every game was pretty much over if it was even still going at that point. So I do think they're going to be in games, and I think we're going to see a much improved 49ers team, and that's something that we obviously have not seen over the last couple of years. It is a rebuilding team. There's a lot of young players. It's a new coaching staff. It's new systems, new schemes. But I still think they will be certainly better, and I think they will be improved, and I do believe that the team that we see September 10th will not be as good as the team we see December 31st, regardless of record. And I think in the last couple of years, it's whoever, clearly what we saw day one, because they would keep winning these games in blowout fashion on night one, um, they just, and then they would go downhill. And I don't, I don't think it will be that way. Uh, so I, that is a benefit. I think in the last preseason game, um, we saw the first team offense really come alive. Of course, there was actual game planning in that game which helped. Brian Hoyer was really sharp, uh, which is good. And, you know, I think Brian Hoyer will be the best Brian Hoyer he can be. And I don't even say that to be, I know it sounds so funny, but I feel like he'll be the best of Brian Hoyer. You know, I don't think he's going to be the, I mean, that's what you can do, right? That's what you can do. Exactly. And I, but I, and I think, sorry, go ahead, Steph. No, I'm saying that's that's all we can ask to be who you are, the best who you are. I mean, yeah. and I think that's true. And you know, a lot of people on Twitter have plenty to say about Brian Hoyer, but I do believe, you know, when I say that, I feel like we're going to get the best of him, and it will be right for what the team needs this season. Is he going to, you know, have some monster year, and everybody's going to say maybe he is the franchise quarterback? I don't think so, but I don't think Brian Hoyer will lose you games. I think he will just. I think he will have games where he plays really well. I think games where he plays like Brian Hoyer, but I think it'll be what they need for this year. And I think they need the Brian Hoyers of the world right now in that locker room, on the sideline. And I think that's really uh, important right now. And, you know, when Brian Hoyer, he, he knows this is his team, and I think that will help give him confidence also. I think it's the first year of his career where he's not going into a quarterback battle where he's unsure whether or not he's going to start. Um, so I imagine that will help. But I thought he looked really good against Minnesota. I mean, he really played great. Um, and, you know, that was against their number ones as well. And Minnesota's not a bad football team. So I think um, I think that should give everybody a little bit of confidence. And it was very clear he's got such a good chemistry with Garcon, such a good pem- chemistry with Marquise Goodwin. Um, so, you know, I think those are some positives that we'll definitely see on this team. You know, I, I can't disagree with you at all, and I think everything that you've said is completely fair. And, and to be honest with you, I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to get the best out of him that is possible. I think he's going to utilize every strength he has, and he's going to defer on the weaknesses because he's going to make he's going to make those disappear. And I think the run game is a lot stronger than it was in the past. I think the offensive line is better. I think. You know, it's going to be better than what we've had in the past, and so what I'm hoping for is improvement. And I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm hoping for the 49ers to come together as a team. I remember even when we went to this 
you know, the Super Bowl runs that we had, you know, the four, three championship games, it just seemed like the team jived. They would dance before kickoff. They would do all these things as a team. And I'm really looking for that again, and I do see it. So that's exciting for me as a fan. And I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting every single game to be won. And it's a tough schedule. It's not anything to, you know, you know, just totally disregard. But I think it's going to be competitive. I think they're going to try. And I think that it's going to be a game that's watchable as opposed to the last couple of seasons. Yes. Yes. I think that that is, I think that is very, very true. And there are, I think a lot of positives on this team. And I think also everybody understands who this team is and where we are. And, um, so there should be some realistic, you know, there should be some realism from the fans. Um, so I think that is good. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, that was all. I was just saying, it's nothing to balk at to think that they're rebuilding because I always think like, just something in our lifetime that I swear I never thought the Raiders were going to be good again. <laughs> and the rebuilding worked for them. Mm-hmm. And they got to a very good place. And it, But for a few injuries and some bad luck, they could have really went a long way. And it really takes a lot to get to a championship. But I think that if the Raiders can't do it. Sorry. It just, if you can see that from the Raiders in Oakland or now, you know, Las Vegas or whatever. Sorry. They're they're still Oakland. They're still Oakland at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just like, if they can go from here to here, I really think that we have a lot, but it's not overnight. So we have to make sure that we just keep everything in perspective and realize process and it's something that can be a little bit um, can be a little bit bad at times it's not going to be pretty but I think that the 49ers can do it and I think they have the right pieces in place to create that rebuild I agree so let's let's talk about game one game one is going to be at home against the Carolina Panthers um Personally, I, I go back and forth on this. This team does seem to do well when it has nine months to prepare for a game. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is still, I think, up in the air as to whether or not Cam Newton's going to play. So that will be interesting in itself. Um, I don't know. I do think Carolina's going to be better than they were last year. And last year they beat the Bejeebers out of the 49ers. It's a different team. Um, and, and we'll be home. But that'll be an interesting one to see. Um, I actually think there's a chance the 49ers can win that game if they're very much on their A game. Um, but it'll be an interesting test. And then after that, of course, they go to Seattle and then they're back home against the Rams. So it'll be an interesting few weeks to the season. I think there's a lot of newbies too on the, on the roster. And I think there's going to be a lot of energy. There's going to be a lot of wanting to win this game and proving that they're not the laughing stock of the NFL. So I am personally, I personally think they're going to get the W because I really think that all these kids want to go out there and prove themselves. They have the nine months to prepare, (laughs) but I think if they want to make a statement and I think that that's 
something that's going to be pushed really hard by this new regime is don't let them come into your house and don't let them laugh at you. And there's a, it's a brand new team. So it's going to be really in, interesting to watch, but I absolutely think um, just what they I've seen, I do think that it's extremely possible, but I think they're going to work hard, and I do think that they are going to be, con- they're going to contend, and I, and I think they can win. It's actually an interesting first month to the season because let's say they win that game, then they travel to Seattle. Now, I am of the belief that the law of averages tells me sometime, at some point, the 49ers have to beat the Seahawks. One day, it does have to happen. I don't know that it's going to be Sunday, September 17th, but one of these days, they do have to do it. But let's let's just pretend they lose to Seattle. They come home, they play the Rams. Good chance they beat the Rams. That seems to be a theme. And then they go to Arizona to play the Cardinals, which I actually think is a very winnable game. If this team starts the season three and one, people will be dancing in the streets. <laughs> like, oh, we, yeah. we, the, the key to making the playoffs is beating people in your own division. So, I mean, even if we don't beat the Seahawks, and I say we, you know, because, but you're, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I think that. If they get that, it would be not only amazing, but I think it would give a little bit of momentum to this team that is sorely needed. And it's something that um, can be built upon. I mean, momentum is not something to scoff at. So I think it's good. I totally agree with you. Well, this team has a very exciting young defense, as you talked about, and I do believe that it is going to be a very good, exciting young defense. The wild card is, of course, the offense. They've had a lot of trouble getting that run game going um, in these preseason games. And, of course, the bigger concern is with the starters, um, and that is where the real issue has been on the run game. So they are going to have to figure out a way for that to get figured out. Um, but I think this team has some potential, and like I said, it they'll be in games. They will be fun to watch. You will not, you will no longer dread Sundays. I think you'll actually look forward to them. Um, and that'll be a big positive. And Steph and I will be back every week, um, except next week. Um, so, <laughs> so Steph and I will be back just about every week. But um, next week, um, of course, will be uh, September 4th, which is Labor Day, um, and then the 49ers first game is September 10th, so you will be able to listen to us again on Tuesday, September 12th, talk about that game, preview the Seahawks game, and uh, it's exciting. Football is back. Yeah, go Niners. Go Niners. All right, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye.